fellow fiends. Welcome to another terrifying and delectable episode of Nightmare on Film Street. The horror podcast with zero credibility, but all of the blood, ghouls, and gore. Your puny heart can handle. <laughs> Let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. I'm Kim. I'm John. And this week, we are talking ah, <laughs> real big monsters. It was a title that we should not have made, and we stuck with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I'm really proud of it. I yeah. really like it. This week, we are taking a break from Stephen King month, as this is a triple episode month. So Woo. we slid in the middle there a little bit of some creature feature action we are celebrating the release of 47 Meters Down Uncaged by watching a couple creature features. That's right. You got a shark movie hitting the theaters this week, and at home right now, you can revisit, at least I hope for the last week, I hope you revisited, Anaconda, a snake movie. and <laughs> The snake movie. If you didn't know, if the title <laughs> it's didn't about a away, snake. <laughs> it's, a, it's about a snake and also another snake named John Voight. And, uh, what Tracheotomies. <laughs> and Lake Placid. Some crocodiles. Alligators? They crocs, right? Crocs? Oh, we'll get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you excited? What's keeping you creepy this week, Kim? Obviously, it's 47 meters down. Are you excited for it? I'm pumped. Last time we saw it was at the drive-in, as we do, mm -hmm. and I remember it was pouring rain. Which was a cool effect for a shark movie. Yeah, but also, you can't have your car on, because so we have this really cheap little hatchback where you can't turn off the running lights if you have the car... Fucking Ford. Yeah, so you... Can't, can't figure that shit yeah, out. Yeah, you cannot run the wiper blades without having the running lights on, so we're basically just fucked if the weather's bad and we're at the drive-in. It's also because we got the most standard package possible. Like, <laughs> oh, we uh, want no add-ons, except we want to be able to plug our phone into it. <laughs> and our radio doesn't work. It hasn't worked for three years, so we... <laughs> Don't tell them I'm that. telling them, because it builds into the story. <laughs> like you so. can't afford a radio, but you bought an RV? <laughs> we made smart business decisions. <laughs> yeah. We haven't had a radio in the car for three years, so we bring a portable little radio with us so that we can still have the full drive-in experience. Yep. And I remember it was pouring so bad that the three of us, you, me, and the dog, went for a the walk. The usual suspects at the drive-in. <laughs> went for a walk around the drive-in in the pouring rain with our tiny little radio with us to try to capture some of the film <laughs> so we could at least see some of it, and we were soaking wet, and that's what I remember, and I had a fun time. It was great. I think the CGI was okay, but who knows? Yeah, I think that is the perfect filter to watch a movie that maybe had a really low budget. Uh, just like through several layers of glass. And rain. Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know if you guys had this uh, where you're listening, but there was an ad when we were growing up. I think they still run it where they're trying to demonstrate... Um, oh, that Energizer Bunny Christmas ad? I know what you're talking about. Nope. Talking about, <laughs> talking about that drinking and driving ad where there's like, hey, oh, they this, is what, yeah, this is what the road looks like uh, just on a regular night. And here's what it looks like after one beer. Plink. 
And then after two beers, and they just Click. put empty cups in front of each Click. other so until it's Click. just more Click. and more Click. fuzzy. And then you crash and die and kill your family. And everybody's screaming in the back, why, Dad, why? Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Yeah. That's what we grew up on. And that's kind of what the driving looked like. It really, <laughs> it really fuzzed out all them edges. But I'm very excited. I cannot wait. I like a good shark movie, especially in the summer. I'm trying to get John to hold out to see it at the drive-in this weekend. Yeah, but I had to wait so long to see Crawl. Yeah. So long to see it Crawl. It was worth it, though. It was. So? I think we shouldn't risk it. <laughs> <laughs> I, think we should, I think we should see it twice. What's wrong with going to see a shark movie at the movie theater with the recliner seat? That's fine. And then later on, you know, in case it rains and you would just want to know what it looks like. Whatever, John. Seeing it at the drive-in what? on a double Ever. bill with another movie what? you've probably Ever. already seen. Whatever. If you could double bill 47 meters down right now with another movie that's currently in the theater. Crawl. And Crawl is not an option because oh. it's probably the not Lion in the King. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay, Johnny what if, English 4. What if instead we watch 47 Meters Down Uncaged and then I just put on like a Childish Gambino album for, on the drive home? What? Donald Glover's in it. Is he in 47 Meters Down? No, I think he's Simba oh. in Lion King. I'm so, I'm very, very out of touch with Disney World, it was so I so... could be so wrong. If it's not a horror movie, I don't know what's in the theater. Yeah, I somebody recently asked me like, what non-horror movie are you looking forward to? And it's, uh, I don't know. Um, what is there? Zombieland isn't really a horror movie. It is, though. <laughs> I guess. And also, not looking forward to it. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, what else is keeping you creepy this week, Kim? Um, It's been kind of a quiet news week, so I'm just going to talk about some anniversaries that I made posts for that I'm, okay. pretty, yep. I'm pretty proud of. Yep. Um, Alfred Hitchcock had his 120th birthday anniversary. So happy belated, Hitch. Happy belated to the late... Alfred Hitchcock. What's your favorite Alfred Hitchcock movie? I actually put a post on Twitter to rank your oh. top three oh, Alfred Hitchcock films. Okay. So you want to know what mine were? Sure. Rear Window. Of course. Then Psycho. Yeah. Then? If I had to guess. Yeah. Did you put Vertigo? No. Okay. All right. So That's psych- your list, John. So, yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's, it's Vertigo, Rear Window, Vertigo. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so you got Vertigo, Psycho. Uh, it's not the birds. No. Nope. can't be the birds. No. Nope. It's not Rope. Nope. It's not Vertigo. Nope. There's a very obvious one I'm clearly missing. It's not South by Southwest. What? North by Northwest. Dial M for Murder. Oh, fuck. Of course <laughs> it's Dial M for Murder. Damn, it's a good movie. <laughs> oh, shit, guys. If you like, hey, I-, I will say this. If you like Creep Show, you should watch Dial M for Murder. First off, like most Creep Show stuff, it's about getting away with murder, trying to get away with murder, and if you love all those moments where people look shocked, and then there's like a bunch of red and blue behind them, there's a great moment with Grace Kelly where we sort of like montage through an entire trial and a, and a sentencing, and you don't see any of it, but it's just her staring into the camera, reacting to stuff around her. Gorgeous. It's a wonderful movie. Yeah. Okay, so what's your top three? My top, fuck, I was vamping. I was hoping you'd forget. So like, <laughs> if I talk about how great Dial M for Murder is, she'll clearly glance over me. It's very tough. I have not seen every Alfred Hitchcock movie, obviously. And top three. I can only pick three. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Don't you just feel like a basic bitch, though, when you're just like Rear Window, Psycho, and Vertigo? No. So, you know, a lot of people didn't have Psycho on it, and I was like, That's kind of you surprising. say that, but when was the last time you, you don't Psycho? mean it. <laughs> yeah. Psycho's incredible. It's not even one of those movies that's... It's because oh, it's, it's one of those overrated, underrated movies. Yeah. The movies that have become overrated, so now they're underrated because people don't appreciate them as much as 
because everybody else does. Like, oh, everybody likes Psycho. And like, that's because it's good. It's because it's amazing. Yep. It's incredible. Yep. Every single time I watch it, I find something new. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, I, I would also say, if, if this is the one opportunity we have, uh, check out Shadow of a Doubt. Great movie. One of his earlier films, black and white. Uh, pretend it's a vampire movie. <laughs> and I'm serious. It's my tip. The bad guy never shows up during the day. He sucks people dry. Like, he's just like a, he's a creep. And yeah, he just like lives in darkness. Consider it a Universal Monsters movie. Um, also, some anniversaries this week. Dead Alive, Brain Dead, had Woo! an anniversary. Came out uh, August... 13th, 1992 Ruined in New Zealand. Custard for everyone forever. Yep. Um, a bunch of Friday the 13th movies came out on the 13th of August. Surprise. Friday the 13th Part 3, Jason Goes to Hell. Mm. Somebody was saying Freddy vs. Jason, but that's a 15th. So we're <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna pass on that one. Also on top of that, I mean small big news. Uh, small big news. You I heard like me? That. Small big news. We got Ed, uh, Justin Benson, Aaron Moorhead, their new film, Synchronic. Uh, is having its world premiere at TIFF. They just released their first image uh, via Entertainment Weekly with Anthony Mackie standing in front of like a dilapidated... And he's got like a gun, but only in a cop position. He's a paramedic. Uh It's probably a syringe. It's an EpiPen that he's got in a gun holster. (laughs) It just looked like two cops and we were like shooting from below and they're like, yo, I don't know if we can deal with this case. Finding all these grotesque bodies just like mutilated from this weird designer drug. I don't know. But set in New Orleans... It's going to be great. Yay! Guns Akimbo 2 was also announced for the TIFF premieres this week. That Daniel Radcliffe movie. Where he's like in a video game or a real life game. I actually know nothing about it. He's, it's, what was that game that came, or that game, that movie that came out where it was like one big internet game where it was like Truth or Dare. Oh, and shit. Emma uh, Roberts was yeah. in it. It was really good. With, um, The people that did viral, right? I know but they, it was about. like increasingly more risky dares. I think it's similar in the in the sense that it's the whole world is playing this game with daniel radcliffe Mm -hmm. and he's gotta not die i'm excited i assume (laughs) guy makes good choices he's in some of the weirdest daniel radcliffe has made the best decisions yeah uh since he stopped being harry potter i mean he's always gonna be harry potter but good on him for remaining in that balance of of doing like blockbustery films and creative stuff and in interesting roles like he played a fart corpse Didn't and like, his career is still doing too? great came out like the same or like the year <laughs> after swiss army man damn if we are it, it honestly very strange very weird silly movie also very touching <laughs> uh if we are like the thousandth people to tell you to watch swiss army man please let us also be the last go see that movie but do it on like a date night though so oh that- yeah <laughs> that movie's about love that movie is genuinely about love, but it has a lot of farting corpses. <laughs> it's a very good movie. Uh, also, James Wan, I'm sure you've heard. Atomic Monster, his production company, will be producing E.L. Cat's new film. Uh, it's called The Troop. It's, based, it's an adaptation of Nick Cutter's novel. It's about a bunch of Boy Scouts that go into the woods and then like, oh, some weird guys in our group now. And then like, blah, horror. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that, that subgenre. Uh, e- <laughs> I love the blah horror subgenre. <laughs> it's where I found most of my favorites. You know, Dead the, Alive was there. The Ah Real Monsters episode is in the blah horror. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> Eel Cats. Though, real quick, if you don't recognize the name, was the director behind all the episodes for Channel Zero Dream Door, as well as Cheap Thrills. That one's got pugs in it. Yeah, it's got pugs in Dream it. Dream Door, lots of pugs, and no. they were sweaters. Just a little FYI, important <laughs> to know. And Cheap Thrills, of course, has Pat Healy. And no pugs. No no pugs from what I remember. Yeah. We should have a pug segment. 
Oh, pug, pug check. Watch. Yeah. <laughs> pug check. Does this pass the Pugdale test? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I'm sure there's a bunch of podcasts doing Beckdale tests, but are there? is there a podcast doing a pug test? There are two things I want to know about in a new movie that I have not seen. One, how many pugs? And two, how many pugs? How Dream many Door has I, maybe the record number of oh, pugs. Oh, you're right. You think they're you think they're all different pugs or they you, better be or it's just one pug that they let loose with like there were several a lot different sweaters. Of sweaters though. And also, let's say it's it's El Cat's pug that you see in the movie. So that director's got taste in pugs. Yeah, <laughs> looking forward to it. Now, okay, fine. <laughs> this has been Pug Watch. Real quick before we get into our black horror episode uh, that we're black calling, horror. yeah, that we're calling ah real big monsters. Uh, this this has become a very strange episode. I love it. <laughs> I just want to give a big shout out to some little baby crocodiles that I've been feeding by the pond. Uh, Tyler, Kyle, Scott, Betty Grace, White sounds really Marchy, Angela. Of course, <laughs> you are all my babies, uh, and I've been feeding you bits of bread. I don't understand how you grew to be thousands of feet. I guess it's thousands of inches. You've be, you've become very big on bread alone. And when, a cow. When does she jump from bread to? Ki- we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Uh, <laughs> those are, of course, our new patrons. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, once again, that is Tyler, Kyle, Scott, Grace, Marky, and Angela. Sorry if I've offended you by calling you little baby crocodiles. <laughs> but thank you so, so very much uh, for your support of indie horror podcasts like ours. If you want to be a patron of Nightmare on Film Street, we will be glad to have you. You can get bonus episodes, shout outs like John's wonderful Betty White, oh, yeah. whatever that was. Every single one of them that you've ever heard, super planned, rehearsed, <laughs> thought out blocked i broke story this morning on that and i'm happy with how it turned out uh merchandise swag (laughs) uh even like reddit handle stuff we got a whole bunch of rewards over at patreon.com slash nightmare on film street you can get this month's bonus episode the scary stories to tell in the dark drive home from the drive-in we'll also be doing it chapter two next month hell yeah uh but you can head over check it out take a look and see if you want to support us Let's get into it, Kim. Let's talk about some ah, real big monsters. And let's start with Lake Placid. It has existed since prehistoric times. It was worshipped by primitive cultures. It can kill a man with one crushing bite. We heard a man was bit in half. Any recent bear attacks? Bears don't attack people underwater. Probably a fever then. What was that? Whatever's out there, being shot with this, he's dead. Oh no. <laughs> Sheriff, how many deputies you got? You came here to help you find it. We can't let him kill it. Experience a few parts mystery. Do you have any theories of why he's here? Honestly, I don't know. And a few parts. <laughs> missing it's a human toe is this the man who was killed he seemed taller oh my god so lake placid from 1999 directed by steve miner we're gonna get back to that later is currently sitting at a 5.7 out of 10 on imdb 41 percent on rotten tomatoes wow you want to guess what the roger ebert score is One out of four? It's one out of four from Ebert himself, and a 2.6 out of five on Letterboxd. 
Guys, I'm really surprised. Are you though? I liked this movie. I got. I think everybody that voted that gave it a rotten. I don't know. I think. I think most of the people that comprise that 41% on Rotten Tomatoes also like it. And I liked this movie when it came out. I was a 10 year old, but I still liked it. Sure. I still, I liked this watch. I enjoyed myself. It was a fun movie. It's great fun. <laughs> yeah, but it's not like it's uh... It's fun. <laughs> okay. You know what? Uh, you know, the, the older I get, the more, the more I've realized there are only two genres of movies. Um... Jaws and The Exorcist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is Jaws. Yeah. No, I was going to say fun is definitely one of them. Jaws. Fun and chill. Those are the those are the two genres of movies and music. Fun and chill. That's yeah. Try me out. Throw a movie at me. Throw a band at me. The Conjuring. Fun. Chill. What are you talking about? Jump scare horror is chill horror because it's That's so not slow. Chill. Okay, paced. so that means that The Conjuring and Midsummer chill. are. <laughs> I don't see The Conjuring as a chill yep. movie. It's not Jaws. Then what is fun? Okay, Jaws is fun. Jaws is fun. Backing up that argument. Okay. Lake Placid. Definitely fun. Super fun. Oh, like it it is firmly planted in that fun camp. And an odd movie because now I'm sure we're all revisiting the movie having not seen it for several years. It, probably several months. I think it's... It, several, everybody's watched it this year already. Um, But... What surprised me the most was just how quickly we glazed over who these characters are and why they're there officially. And there's there's very little effort in justifying why anybody is here. You know what? I'm, I'm going to stop you right there and say everybody deserves to be there and should be there except for Bridget Fonda's character. Uh, I really don't think Kelly needs to be there whatsoever and that random rich guy no i can i can get behind that but it's all pretty random and the movie knows that and rather than trying to justify it to you with some big movie drama explanation whatever we just have a lot of back and forth banter because everybody's rude to everybody else and it's great super rude um even though they're all there by choice technically like everybody's there by choice nobody's reporting back to anybody really until the end of the movie so yeah but hector hector though like this crocodile and this crocodile is his coachella like you tell him that they've erected a stage and he's coming yeah but he literally just shows up in his helicopter like everybody who goes to coachella and Kelly's just like, oh, he's a really rich guy. Oh, I know him. He's really annoying. And then all of a sudden, he's part of the gang. Like, they have a tent for him. Yeah. Um, well, he brought that tent. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. He brought two tents. One, uh, sleeping uh, and, and mating. Uh, and the other, party tent. <laughs> he does have Super a party par- tent. He does have one dance move, though, where he's just, like, doing an X, like, over this, this girl. I don't even know how to explain it. But it's better than throwing dice. We'll give it that. I will agree with you though. Kelly definitely is is the one person who a thousand percent doesn't need to be there. She is sent by her boss, quote unquote, uh, and never reports back to him. Because you're right, like uh, none of these people are necessarily sending stuff up the up the chain of command, uh, and they are making some bold decisions <laughs> without any supervision. Well, and also too, people are dying. There are some fatalities. Zero funerals in this movie. <laughs> you usually get one. Kelly's a paleontologist, right? That's a study of dinosaurs. 
Yeah. 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 I'm so dumb. I'm such a dumb. She works person. for a museum. Yeah. A museum in New York. Where so, dinosaurs live. So why? <laughs> so why? Why are they sending her anyway? So they find this tooth. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brendan Gleeson and his one of his employees are out fishing? Are out in a boat. What are they doing out there? I don't know. It's a sheriff boat. Yeah. So obviously they're on official business. And he is in a scuba suit. He goes down. There's like a pocket of air down there. He's trying to check out for some reason. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was like a beaver dam and he's trying to like figure it out. They send the sheriff to do that? I don't know. <laughs> we gotta evict It seems the like a very, a very small town. But then he gets eaten by an alligator. It is wonderful. Crocodile. Ucks. I'm gonna stop Fuck you. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> so gets eaten by a crocodile. Thank you. And it's wonderful. It's a super surprise. It's really fast. Guy gets eaten in half. And then when Brendan Gleeson he, uh, yeah, yeah, pulls yeah. him out of the water, there is only half of him there. Yeah, he doesn't realize until he pulls him into the boat. That is super jarring. Love it. And it's weird because this movie does not match the tone of some of the... Of the there's two main deaths in this movie. Yeah. The film does not match that tone at all. Like, they they went full 100% with the alligator chomps, and kudos to them. People should be giving them a point bump for just how gory they went here. Well, I, th- I think it's worth mentioning who directed this goddamn movie. Mr. Steve Miner, Mr. Friday the 13th Part 2 and 3, Mr. Warlock, Mr. House. I could keep going. Oh, you want one more? Mr. Halloween H2O. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> the best installments of all of those franchises. And also Lake Placid. So the fun thing, too, here is that um, from that first encounter, the water's really dark. It's really murky. We can't tell what it was. Yeah. But Could they were- Could be anything. Could be an alligator. Could be a crocodile. <laughs> we don't know. They recover a tooth from the half a corpse, and then- the museum gets involved. <laughs> the museum from New York. <laughs> to identify the tooth. Like they, it's they a just prehistoric animal. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no closer museum. They don't have a museum in Maine. I would think there's a museum in Maine. Maybe even just send it to a university. Like, I'm sure there's a university in Maine. Are universities attached to museums? No, but universities have people with education in those People who fields. definitely know what paleontologists do, <laughs> that's for damn sure. She does say, though, that her ex-boyfriend is her boss who sent her away. Because he's sleeping with her friggin' co Best friend or something? Yeah. yeah. So there's some weird dumb love triangle and she gets sent off rather than just filing a lawsuit with human resources. <laughs> yeah, and she's stuck in the middle of nowhere. There's... Uh, a lot of not great dialogue explaining how much of a fish out of water she is in I this love little pond. The dialogue, it's so hammed and so cheese balls. Only I would say maybe sixty percent, if we're being generous, lands with humor. <laughs> but that makes a hundred percent of it funny because there's no reason for all this antagonism they they just wrote it in so a doesn't like b b doesn't like c c doesn't like d or a with no justification no and they're just they bicker in every scene and it's so wonderful and unnecessary and excessive until they all fall in love with each other ah through struggle it is a romance everybody falls in love everybody everybody Brennan Gleason falls in love with the with Hector Hector falls in love with the crocodile they needed a four way BFF necklace at the end that would have been good five way one for the crocodile of course. <laughs> 
to be perfectly honest, I thought the crocodile was included in that four-way. I don't know who I'm excluding in this, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, because there's the the Basin game or whatever he is. So you said that the earlier. Fish man. And, and what I'm trying to gather here is whether you mean that he is like a uh, a representative of a representative for like of the fish bass wildlife. pro fish no. like that shop. No, <laughs> he works for like the wildlife game. Ah, Mr. Bait and Tackle. Whatever. Fish and yeah, what is it? Fish and game. I think you're right. I think it's fish and game. Um, so that's where he works, and he he's also the dad from Casper. Let's all remember that. Uh, and then there's the sheriff. There's the random rich guy, and there's the paleontologist that is off the clock. <laughs> yeah. Yes, For so fun, well. even though everyone's rude to her. And love... she keeps falling off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they're all trying to uh, talk down to her about how much she doesn't like camping. But if you sent me on a work trip and I had to sleep in a tent that whole time, I'd be super pissed. I don't care where we are. Especially with a right next to a crocodile. Crocodiles are not exclusive to water. No. They come on the land. Yeah. And maybe at night. Who knows? <laughs> It's a big-ass crocodile. Would you though. sleep in a tent with a big, giant, man-eating crocodile hanging about? Yeah, I mean, the water is like, I can see the water from my tent? Sure, yes. No. And moose horns pop up every once in a while. Moose horns. Because he eats moose horns and the rest of the moose. <laughs> um, I do not remember how crass Betty White was in this movie. It's wonderful. She calls people cocksuckers <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> She's great. And so... Part of her story, too, is is another one of my favorite things because it makes no sense. She admits when they meet her, she's the only person, her and her husband, that are living near this lake. Otherwise, it's pretty, um, pretty, aban- not abandoned, it's pretty rural. Yeah. So they go to visit her to see if she's seen anything strange, whatever. Turns out her husband is no longer alive. This is not anything on record because none of the town officials know that this husband is dead. And she full out admits that she murdered him. Oh, I killed him. And it was like pity murder in her first story because he was dying or whatever and he asked her and she uh, sympathy suicided him. Mm-hmm. Nobody, there's a bunch of cops in that room. Oh yeah. Nobody writes anything. Like nobody, Everybody in that room is a cop. I get it that we're in a small town, but you, there is no police officer in the world that ignores a murder confession. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, the statute of limitations on that's pretty strict. <laughs> Uh, like they could, they could charge her ghost for that murder if they wanted to. And also they do end up, uh, spotting her feeding the alligator, the crocodile. She feeds it a whole fucking cow. Oh, surely that is a crime. I, Surely no. there is a crime. No, I'm with Betty there. White on this one. There's no crime. I don't know. No. Uh, okay, if there's a crime in feeding, now as much Endangering as, human life. Is it though? So, hey, 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 stop, stop. Look at me. Reckless. Look at me right here. Look at me in my eyes. Okay. You've been attacked or at least uh, threatened by a Canadian goose before. Yeah. Yeah. But feeding them bread's not a crime. That's true. I think you see where I'm going with but this. But ge- Canadian geese are indigenous to our region. They do leave. That's, no, but <laughs> they tell you not to... Um, do certain things like not to bring be careful bringing bugs from different areas and, and don't feed the frogs and and the koala bears and la 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 when, when oh, they're Oh, those not... other indigenous creatures? No, like the ones, you know how they're... Yeah, you don't want to screw around with the habitat. Exactly. Yeah. And that this alligator is 
this crocodile <laughs> is definitely not from around here. Now, this movie really uh, glazes over that as well because it's obviously an impossibility that this crocodile is in this lake. They say that it's connected to the ocean. Okay, fine, sure, we believe you. But there's no real... Um, we don't del- There's no prequel here. We don't delve into yeah. how this crocodile got here. Um, Can I posit a theory? Betty White. Yeah. Well, yeah, I That's think she my brought them. Too. No, no, it's not. The, it's not okay. It's not necessarily a theory, but like, yeah, she's definitely responsible for it. Like somehow she got little baby alligators and she decided to raise them in her little lake. But was this a long-term plan to kill her husband? Like she got some little baby alligators <laughs> and knew that like twelve years from now that fucker is gone. I'm gonna just Every day start with bread and yeah. then a chicken and then a lamb and then a goat oh, yes, and then a yeah. cow. Yeah, and then a husband. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I gotta say, though, I do love when she goes to feed him that cow and the alligator. Damn it, God damn it, this is your fault. When she brings that cow out and the crocodile's there and he's just like, mmm, lunch. Like, he's just, he looks like he's leaning back in a sofa like, hey, mom, what's for dinner? He's waiting. Yeah. So patient. Yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah, because the mom's bringing them lunch. It's cute. How many alligators do you think there are on that lake? Do you think it was just two? Uh, I've been thinking zero alligators. But two <gasps> crocodiles. Oh, my God. I didn't even get it for a full second and a half. I was like, what are you saying? <laughs> we're talking about an alligator movie. I'm so sorry. No, we're talking about a crocodile movie. What's the difference, right? We Okay, I asked this I once before. I tweeted about it the other day. Yeah. And I got a lot of infographics. Okay. They have different mouths. That's it. Their one's got like a shorter snout and their teeth are different. Okay. They don't go like like one's freshwater, one's saltwater. I don't think so. So like one's rich, one's poor kind of deal. <laughs> All right. The alligators are bougie. <laughs> yeah. I get the I get the impression that the crocodiles are like stouter. Like they're you know, they got shorter legs and they got like fatter bellies yeah. and stuff. The alligators look like uh I don't know, they look sleek and elegant, I, I guess. See, I always thought it was like a seal, sea lion, or like a turtle tortoise thing. Yeah. Whereas one, like seals are more cold weather, they're furry. Um, sea lions are more sleek and rubbery. Okay. Turtles, fast, wet, tortoise, fast? dry, slow. You were saying that to me the other day. Tortoises, and you didn't believe it. Yeah, tortoises, tortoises are like in the, in the desert and stuff. And they live huh. in the dirt. And I still, I can't bring myself to believe tortoises it. Tortoises live till they're like 300 years old. You've seen photos yeah, of those like Yeah, really because they're so moisturized dry... in that salt water. No, that's a turtle. <laughs> Them turtles get that big, huh? Because whatever, we can't, we can't just tangent on this. But, <laughs> but it's, it feels related. Aren't turtles sort of also close to being some of our oldest, most prehistoric <laughs> yeah, animals. Like, aren't turtles also dinosaurs, much yeah. like crocodiles and it's alligators? It's like crocodiles, yes, turtles, and kangaroos, are. right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I said that. At some point in this movie, everybody starts being friends. Yeah, and they also, for the first half, are like, we don't know what it is. Is it a crocodile? So much of the movie is spent with them on boats, being knocked off their boats, and then a little what bit What was of- it? Did you see that? <laughs> like, no, I didn't see the 80-foot crocodile. And then somebody's head gets bitten off, and they still don't see it's it. It's pretty wild. I like it. Yeah, this crocodile just, like, sneaks in from the shadows. Like, he's lucky that the water's so murky and gross that they can't see under like a foot underneath that water he is huge he's gigantic uh i have to say uh stan winston effects did the crocodile whenever they're not using cgi and obviously they have to use it for some moments and it's 1999 cgi i'm sure it was wonderful when it came out 
Oh, um, we watched this movie on VHS, by the way, and saw an holds ad. Up. Oh, boy. <laughs> we saw an ad for like a, oh, like you've never seen it before. Dinosaurs. Let Disney. Just like they were. Bring you back in time. You'll think you're standing on the precipice of a volcano with a pterodactyl, holding hands as you glide across the... The landscape of Pangea. Like, what I'm getting at is they're, they're like, awful so too. close to real life, these dinosaurs. It was horrible. It was awful. It was like watching an old episode of Reboot. Like, it, it was, <laughs> you could see the pixelated surfaces. And it's just, it makes you look at movies like Alita or Attila, whatever that movie was that came out this year. Just like heavy CGI movies. Like, yeah, who fucking cares how good this looks now? In 20 years, it's going to look like garbage. <laughs> oh, what? You didn't film real life and digitize it? Uh, but yeah, so the crocodile looked amazing. Um, the face and the, I'm sure it was like an animatronic head, looked wonderful. Whenever they did the just coming out of the water shots and yeah, stuff, yeah, it yeah. always looked dope. And the eyes and everything were great. I have to say, alligators, crocodiles <laughs> coming out of the water when they are when the, they do that um, stalking thing where it's just their Oh, where just it's just their, their, like, their eyes and their nose? Yeah. yeah. They are so good at being like sneaky. They oh, have these yeah. little eye periscopes. And it really makes sense with their coloring and how um, their scaliness, they, they really disappear under the water. Oh, yeah. They just look like a bit of wood that's just floating around. Bit of evil toothy wood. Oh, man. <laughs> Coming right at you. Yeah, like all of our characters sort of band together at one point because they've they've figured out that there's there is a direction that they can all point their hate. And that's at this crocodile. Cause they don't become better people for this. They don't uh like change their ways or anything. There's no arc with these characters. They just channel their hate from each other to the crocodile in order to save the day. And the most random thing about that is that they are a bunch of odd people to be together so it makes sense you're making a checklist like who's coming on this expedition but most movies when you write them you have an extreme event and you plan out that extreme event giant unheard of size 30 foot crocodile living in a lake should not be and then your protagonists come after so you you pick as a writer or a director or producer you go who is the most unlikely person to be put in that scenario who would make for the most conflict who shouldn't be here and let's put them there yeah that's every film ever yeah is who doesn't belong here the most let's put them in that situation this movie doesn't really do that no. these people are all kind of just odd random people that you know it's not odd necessarily for them to be there there's no hero's journey there's no nobody grows as a person we have a little bit of a romance which is which is nice sure I appreciated it yeah it was they went for a beer at the end it was kind of <laughs> cute um, yeah, the only inherent conflict they have here is that this city, they don't get along, <laughs> or they're just like the city girl doesn't like the woods, and she's totally fine with it. She she camps, she does everything; it's no big deal. But she's like, "Oh, this place is dirty." Like that's your conflict that then, she doesn't like being there. And then as soon as they get over that little hump, the next big conflict is that oh no, wildlife is gonna come, and they're not gonna take the effort to to put him to sleep. They're just gonna shoot him. And so the then the police officer, the scientist, the game guy, and the rich guy are all like, let us save this crocodile's life. Let's shoot it with different bullets. Let's shoot it with darts. 
And then they're trying to trap him so that they can save him and transport him. Which is something that the Meg movie did not get correctly. No. A bunch of scientists were like, big, huge discovery, let's murder it. Let's blow that motherfucker up, yeah. <laughs> that was that was goal number one. Guys, this is why aliens don't visit us. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Hector's got like a weird death wish with the crocodiles though, right? Like, do you think Hector wants to be eaten by a crocodile? Uh, Oliver Platt's character? I don't know, because every time he puts himself in one of these weird situations, he's really trying to get out of it. That's that's what I don't understand. He's like, I want to swim in the crocodiles. Oh, but then biggest as soon as he's cro- swimming with so, the crocodiles, get me out of here! Oh ah! god! Oh shit! And then, and then when they're out of the water, he's like, you know, back back in the ancient days when you were accused of a crime, they would throw you into the crocodiles, and the crocodiles would decide. They were the judge and jury. And it's like, so you want the crocodile to figure out whether you deserve to live? And he's like. Ah, I don't know. <laughs> like, he just shrugs it off. He's got no justification. He's like, just an eccentric rich guy who doesn't know where to throw his money. I feel like he's just a rich guy without a house, and he just has his helicopter, so he's like living on the <laughs> living on the road like millennials. But instead, he's just like, oh, here, there's a crocodile in Maine. Brennan Gleeson. We should also uh, point out how great Brennan Gleeson is in everything that he's he in. He is wonderful. He's fantastic, but he 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 doesn't really have a whole lot to do with this movie. Like he's it, got some good one-liners. Him and they pit him and Oliver Platt together, and they're the um, they're butting heads a lot, and it's really funny, especially because Brennan Gleeson keeps getting trapped by Oliver Platt, and it's fucking great every single time. It is pretty good. It would make more sense if those guys kissed at the end of the movie instead of Bill Pullman and Bridget Fonda. They don't kiss at the end of the movie. Okay, okay no one kisses. My but mistake. I felt like all four of them kissed a friendship. Okay. So they cheersed at the bar. Sure. All right. They are BFFs. They're going to write each other every Christmas. And they're going to write the alligator. You know, they sound like great friends because I don't send my friends Christmas cards. Hello, you only one helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, doesn't the, uh, would the, like, FBI of wildlife reimburse him for that helicopter? I don't know. Probably not. No, you don't think so? No, because he, there was no reason for him to be there. Can he call dibs on that crocodile? Like, if they bring it to, like, a research facility and they get a bunch of money from studying it, can he be like, yeah, but that's my croc? No, I'm pretty sure it would go to a wildlife foundation. All right. Right? Once you catch... Well, it makes perfect sense that they send somebody from a museum, then. Like, at the end of the day, why was she there? I don't know. Even somebody from the zoo might even be That would have made more sense. I don't understand. So they sent a tooth to the museum, and the museum was like, we got to get somebody out there. Like, why? You're not going to bring that live animal back to the museum. (laughs) This isn't King Kong. Like, you're not going to put it on display like fools. In King Kong, they're like, get the theater director. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I mean there's a there's a tussle at the end. They try to catch the croc in a net. We already said they catch him in the helicopter instead. Yeah. And then slowly but surely the tranquilizers work and the alligator, the crocodile is caught just in time for the Wildlife Foundation to show up and everything's happy. It's such a nice happy ending and we end on Betty White feeding Baby crocodiles. Although, grazing over the fact that there was a second crocodile. I was going to I was gonna say, this This goes to show how ineffective that, that twist or that, like, surprise little jaunt at the ending was. Because no one cares. Like, oh my god, second croc. 
blam, head they blown exploded up. him just because yeah. he wasn't thirty feet big. They did let Brennan Gleason say that, like, now we're back down to one. It was a good line, but I don't know why they they spent so much effort saving one crocodile and then a second one comes and they're like, ah, out of tranquilizers, <laughs> and it exploded. Um, but that was definitely mom and dad because there were baby crocodiles. Yeah, I think maybe. Okay, it definitely wasn't a reshoot. I was going to say, do you think it might have been a reshoot? So that way, like, the other crocodiles made sense? Like, I mean, hey, by this time, Jurassic Park had come out. You show me one crocodile and baby crocodiles, I'll just assume life finds a way. Life finds a way. Yeah, that's what we've all learned. Everything with scales finds a way. <laughs> it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely not like everything with t-shirts and jeans finds a way. Because <laughs> if, if I was left alone on an island, I'd be like, well, I guess I'm dying here. <laughs> Hipsters don't find a way. <laughs> no. Oh, man, we just find, like, castaway. Uh, with a hipster instead of Tom Hanks, completely different movie. Like, oh man, I'm gonna set up a little Etsy shop with all this reclaimed beech wood. Fuck, I'm gonna make a ton of money with this stuff. Man, I wish that second crocodile came earlier in the movie. Mm. Or I, you know, I was never sure that it was only one crocodile, anyways, because they're like, oh my god, it's so huge, and it's just like, what if it's a different crocodile every time? Like, what if this lake is just teeming with crocs? That'd be sweet. Would have been sweet. Um, how, so how often is Betty White feeding this thing? Cause she can't, she can't afford to be giving it like two cows a day. Also, she seems very pissed off when they show up to, to take one of her cows as eminent domain, which is genius. Um, but why is she so mad? She's clearly raising this livestock to feed to the, the crocs. Yeah, but so one, it's eating mooses or moose. Good so point. Good point. It's, it's helping itself when it gets hungry. But Life also, I think cold-blooded animals don't have to eat as often as warm-blooded animals because when you have like a pet snake, you only feed it a mouse like once every few days. Hmm. Good point. Right? Like you don't feed them as often as you would like a hamster. I gave my bearded dragon like fruits every day. Yeah, and you would put flies in there and crickets and whatever, and they'd be in his cage forever. <laughs> yeah, that was annoying. I only did that like once a week. It's a good point. Yeah, but I mean, like I had like this pellet food. I think that was weird. Well, I mean, if you look outside, I don't know if you guys could hear that on the recording, but the house almost exploded. I think I'm not sure. The power flickered for a minute. It was like a hum. Yeah, I heard it in my headphones. I did too. That means it must have been loud. Huh. All right then. I was just going to glaze over that like nothing happened and edit it out, but that was fucking strange. It does look pretty wild outside right now, like we're in the eye of a hurricane. All right, Kim, bring your microphone over to the window. Let us know what you see. Clouds. Do you see four horsemen in the sky? Mosquitoes. All right. No ghost riders? Nope. Okay. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) um okay so what is your rating on lake placid lake placid huh lake placid man it's uh whoo doggy yeah it's a fun movie i'll give you that it's so much fun it is a lot of fun it's no it's not an amazing movie it is uh, it is a 2.5 out of 4 for me. That's fair. Yep. That is fair. I'm going to go 3 out of 4. <laughs> of course. I had such a great time watching it. It is a perfect summer movie. If you haven't seen it in a while, definitely fucking go find it. Uh, I have no idea where it is. We've watched it on VHS. I'm sure you own it, though. Like, go to your parents' house. Go in the basement. Root around in the old entertainment cabinet. 
blow some dust off things, check the third level, because you're like, oh, this goes three deep? It does go three deep. <laughs> and Lake Placid is back there. That's not full power. No. Okay, guys, well, we're going to go before the computer gets fried and before uh, the yeah, light I'm... bulbs in the ceiling explode. I'm going to unplug my laptop, too. Okay. Oh. Uh, this may be Next the last movie. episode of Nightmare on Folk Street. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, yeah, let's, let's, get, let, let's get into it. <laughs> let's pretend like nothing's happening. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Let's talk about Anaconda. All right, everybody, double check your gear, make sure it's all on board, and pray you didn't forget your bug spray. They have come to the world's most isolated jungle to explore the unknown Amazon. You ready? I think so. And conduct scientific research to prove the existence of a long-lost tribe. Shishama worship giant snakes, anacondas as gods, protectors. What is this? Anaconda skin. Is snakes up there this big? This skin is three or four years old. Whatever shed it has grown since then. Snakes don't eat people. Oh, they don't? That's it, man. I'm getting the hell back to LA. It's always good to be prepared. Now, they are the ones being watched. Do you hear that? The ones being followed. Nobody move. The ones being hunted. There's something down there. That's right. No, I really mean it. I really mean it too. But not by anything human. Hey! If we help him, then he will help us get out of here alive. Get in the face! You're gonna get us all killed! Anaconda from 1997 is currently sitting at a 4.7 out of 10 on IMDb, 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, 3.5 out of 4 from Roger Ebert. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and 2.2 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Some low scores, except from for Mr. Ebert, who fucking loved this movie. They uh, gave him a free glass of champagne before he sat down to watch this one. <laughs> Maybe he just has a thing for snakes. Maybe. Maybe he just enjoys snakes. Maybe he just likes John Foyt. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love seeing John Foyt on the water. Before we get into this, let's discuss the boat. Because it's going to come up, I think, quite a bit throughout this podcast. Is it? Is it a steamboat? Is it a pontoon boat? What gave you the impression it was a steamboat? There was a lot of smoke coming from it. Maybe steam. Also, <laughs> it looked like the steamboat wheelie boat. Like it was like a raft. And then... I don't think we... Yeah, no, um, yeah. There was no whistling. There was a lot of murder, but... Yeah, um... And don't you take steamboats down? Do you? I don't know. I was gonna say, I, I don't think we utilize steam as an energy source much anymore maybe that's a lie because wait 
how does nuclear reaction like fission work? What? <laughs> just, no, but they. Whoa! Isn't the idea that they? they I thought I derailed us. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, isn't isn't nuclear? Uh, isn't it still kind of technically also steam? Like, don't they take like super hot radioactive pellets and drop it in water, and then the water it, it's so hot that the water ev- evaporates to steam? They trap that steam and they they use that electricity. Create... Yeah, isn't that how it works? In a steamboat? Yeah, that's how all steamboats <laughs> used to work, and that's why you don't see them on the on the riverboat bed <laughs> that much anymore, because they were all dying of radioactive poisoning. <laughs> they leave a trail of fishes with four heads. Yeah. Twelve tails. It's how other boats behind And the them. giant anaconda. It makes that's true. This all checks out. sense. This all checks out. Yep. So I don't, to answer your question, no. <laughs> No, I don't think it's a steamboat. And to answer your question, I don't know how nuclear power works. <laughs> well, clearly I don't either, so I think we're on the same page. Oh, uh, holy moly, this movie. Do you remember the last time you'd seen it? The last time I saw it, probably whenever it was on TV last. It's kind of a movie I always watch. And we did not have cable for a good almost <laughs> 10 years. So, so it's been a minute. <laughs> it has been a minute. Uh, I could not remember this movie at all. So I may not have seen it since around the time it came out. Maybe. They play this around Halloween a lot. Uh, Because they can get away with playing it during the day. Yeah, there's a lot of people in this movie. Which is about as much as I could say for it in terms of compliments. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Polar opposite view. I still love this movie. I think this movie's great. I think this movie's great. Whoa. Clearly, I am in Lake Placid camp then. So if you want to handle Anaconda Sode. Oh, can... I can do it. I can a thousand percent do it. This movie kicks ass. Yeah, everything but the human characters. Well, uh, oh, so you, oh, oh, my bad. You don't want to see a bunch of people get eaten? I don't give a fuck about these people. I want to see them get eaten every time they get killed. It's so great. So great. I have no faults with the Anaconda. I think he's doing his best job being a roly-poly uh, people snatcher. So one question. So, oh. <laughs> now, if you didn't know this about Anacondas, there is a big crawl at the beginning. Gives you the, the Wikipedia oh, lowdown. So we, uh, people used to worship them as gods. You're not going to hear about that at all throughout the rest of the movie. So we got to tell you right now. Secondly, unlike other snakes, they ain't poisonous. They... They're constrictors, and they wrap around you. Like, you're not going to see any of this in the movie, so <laughs> we got to tell you now. Um, but yeah, if you were unfamiliar, that's also, what anacondas do. because they're just assholes, they like to regurgitate their food yeah, so they can I eat love- it uh Good. Guaranteed that whole crawl at the beginning, that just download of information came from a lot of notes from executives going <laughs> like, do snakes do that? Is that a thing snakes do? Why is it called an anaconda constrictor? We should let people know that this is what snakes do. Have you ever, ever, ever come across a movie that has a bunch of- Oh, they were going to say an anaconda. And I'm like- In real life? No. Oh, so fun story. Um, I I haven't. (laughs) Me personally. But I did see a photo on a fridge once. (laughs) (laughs) Now, (laughs) saying that out loud- <laughs> Did it jump out at you at 3 a.m. when you were going to get some snacks? No, Was no. Was it a traumatizing experience no, for you? No, this is like a friend of the family had a uh, had a photo and of that him. that was the day my diet started. <laughs> <laughs> it was a photo of this guy, friend of the family, standing on a ladder, a very large ladder, 
holding up this gigantic snake, and it, he didn't catch it. He just was walking his dog on, like, the back half of his property, because he had a large plot of land, and he came across a dead anaconda <laughs> in Ontario. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. I think this is Canada. I we're snake-free. It's somebody owned it illegally, I'm sure, and oh. they were like, oh, like you're their too pet big got it? now. Yeah. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Eat all the Mises. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Little yeah, yeah. did we know it was Mooses. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he came across this thing and it was gigantic. Like he saw it just like in like a little ditch and just like almost died of a heart attack. Like, oh my God. What, you would assume it's alive and he just like slowly got the fuck out of there and like went to like call got somebody. Got his camera. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. He got, got like the wildlife people and they came and they were like, oh shit. Oh, oh, it's dead. Oh. You want to take a photo? Like, that's basically how it went. <laughs> Did you remember that news a couple of years ago? How somebody had a snake illegally in one of those, like, crummy um, apartment blocks in a town I'm not going to name. Okay. Um, Close this, to here, though. Yeah. And yeah. the snake got loose and it was in a bunch of all these, like, apartments with young families and stuff. Oh, man. Didn't he have, if I remember correctly. I think it was he... one of those yellow snakes. What are they called? What? It was like a very illegal snake. I think it was poisonous, but he'd had like the the venom removed or yeah. whatever. Yeah, he'd been milking it. Is the term? I don't know. It's gross. Either way, there was a snake that he wasn't legally allowed to have, yeah. not legally in his custody. Oh boy. Yeah, that's the one thing. Like, if you're gonna have illegal snakes, you better make sure you're keeping them in a briefcase or something. Like I <laughs> keep oh, a handcuff man. on that snake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let him know that he can wiggle the other direction to get out. <laughs> snakes are all neck. Have you ever pet a snake before? I've touched a snake before. Yeah, like was it like when like the, they like feel the zoo like, came um, to school or whatever? And they, Yeah, they feel like those finger traps that you got for like 10 cents at the party store, but if those finger traps were made out of hot dog. Okay, cool. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know the finger traps I'm talking about, you know? Uh, yeah, the Chinese finger traps, um, yeah. Yeah. Is that... That's not what they're actually called, obviously. Yeah, they are. I think they are. Yeah, because it's this wo- like woven bamboo or whatever. Yeah. And then as you stretch it, you It gets screwed. tighter, and you're like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they told me not to do this exact thing that I'm doing right now. Yeah. It's constricting on my fingers. Like a snake would. Like a snake would. What do you think of that snake POV in this movie? I didn't know it was snake POV until you told me, upset that I didn't get that it was snake POV. I'm like, why is the camera tilted like that? You're like, it's the snake. (laughs) It's the snake's POV. It's great. (laughs) Well, they establish it in the cold open. And I remember, too, I was like, can snakes swim? And you're like, oh, can they swim? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, buddy. They are fantastic swimmers. (laughs) Oh, have you not been watching the movie? (laughs) Damn. Uh, yeah, no, I think, so maybe what I like about that snake POV so much is that, like, it's, it's a movie set on, in the Amazon, right? So you've got all of these, these, uh, establishing shots where we're floating on the river. In our steamboat. In our steamboat, checking out the riverbed. And, like, you would expect to see that in any movie, even if this was a dramatic comedy, you would have those establishing shots. So you're in that moment, you're not expecting anything, and then the camera just tilts a little and shifts and then continues to move and now all of a sudden it's sort of like in a sinister way i think that's genius because when you don't expect it and it comes it's super surprising you totally understand it right away and you're on board am i right am i right um i will say that the pov near the end of the movie was my preferred pov i'm sure we'll get to it i think i know what pov you're talking about it's quite the pov 
<laughs> um, I, I'm I'm a really big fan of that stuff, and I liked it in this movie, and I think the cold open's great. Do you really think that snakes? This has got to just be somebody like, oh, if I was a snake, this is how I'd kill people. They don't, you don't really think that it like bites a person's head and snaps their neck, right? Like that that snake has a large understanding of anatomy. I'm pretty sure the snake only did that because the camera was on him. Okay, yeah. So it's like reality TV. You he was hamming it up. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. it wasn't scripted, but like he knew what they wanted to see. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's not there. You're not planning on it. They didn't do it during rehearsal. But, you know, you hit roll, you call roll, you call action, and all of a sudden it just comes out. Yeah, and you only have, like, four stunt guys to do the take with. So it's like you got to snap at least one of their necks and get a real good crack out of it. Yeah, on the day decision. Yeah. And it worked. I think it was was a great take. Movie history. Why are we in the jungle? Can you answer me that question? The, What's the plot of this movie? Okay, so Jennifer Lopez, is, it's her big break. Is it? She's going to film this documentary for Eric Stoltz. Is she, though? Because and I'm I pretty don't... sure Ice Cube is the cameraman. Yeah, but she... What's her actual role? She is the director? <laughs> is she? Is he the money? Is he just the producer? I think, yeah, I think he's the Or maybe the he's host? like the on-screen talent? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they're filming it for. It's about tribes. Yeah, in the they're, Amazon, they're, right? they're trying to find one specific sort of hidden slash lost Maybe they're going to sell it to the History Channel. Right I guess there. she's the director. And Eric Stoltz is the leader of this expedition. Is the dick of the expedition. Is he a dick? He's always a dick. Is he? He, he was supposed to be Marty McFly. I got major dick vibes from him in this movie. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know why. It's probably because... He kind of looks like he might be drunk when he first shows up, and he's got a some sort of back history with Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, and I but think hey, he's got to kind of like in... own the boat. Well, yeah, it's his expedition, oh. and they just picked up some stranger Maybe who's trying to call the shots. turned off by, like, alpha dog fights. Like, oh, the alphas are fighting. Come on, guys, let's go make grilled cheese and play cards on this card table. I don't even think it's I'm, an alpha dog I'm fight. I'm with the, be- the beta group. I'm with Owen Wilson and that girl. <laughs> and Ice Cube sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, he just wants to listen to his music. Why is this a guy? Okay, so here's here's the thing. The host of that documentary is just like, oh, could you please turn down that terrible racket? But then later on, he's blasting opera like everybody wants to hear that. <laughs> I liked him. Damn. You like him in The Mummy. Yeah. You don't like him in this. I... You know what? He kind of becomes a bit of a badass. No, okay, so I like him in this. I also like Owen Wilson, but I don't like Owen Wilson in this because like us... This movie forgot that Owen Wilson was in this movie. Halfway through, Owen Wilson just disappears until they need to kill him. Yeah. And they're like, oh, Owen Wilson's still alive. Let's constrict him. That's because he kind of becomes like one of the baddies. <sighs> Not really. First, he's got to be the, like, that guy that's like, come on. You know what? The the Amazon makes me really horny. Come on. That was strange. Camera girl or whatever you, I don't know what, makeup? What does she do? What is her job? The, the redhead Is she girl. not part of the sound team? Come on, sound girl. Amazon <laughs> makes me super horny. And then, so then they're like dating, I guess, Quarter, now? Yeah, maybe. And then he life. dies and she's real sad. And then she dies and nobody's real sad because Owen Wilson's already They dead. never address her death. They never kind of, they just, the steamboat keeps steaming on. <laughs> yeah, oh, I guess they don't have time to. Um... We're barreling through this, but um, I don't. I don't know that they have time to address her death. I'm sorry. Are we missing any major plot points about a snake? We in are the- missing a ton. Thank you very much. Oh, we forgot about. So we've set off on the expedition. Things are going grand. We've got a map. 
no one's got bugs in their throat. And then, oh, <laughs> some some scary stranger is, is on the water. And we got to rescue him, I guess. And they do. And it's a big mistake. You never rescue guys. Like, here's the, here's the one thing movies will tell you. Especially when you can't pinpoint where their accent is from. Yeah. Uh, never be a good Samaritan is what I'm getting at. That's the one thing movies have taught me. Don't be a good Samaritan. You're always at your most vulnerable. Don't pick up hitchhikers, especially ones that are like neck deep in water. River hitchhikers? Yeah, river hitchhikers. Where was his boat? Drowned? Okay, so he's in dire need. I mean, <laughs> you pick him up. Snake ate it? So yeah, where where do you think John Foyt is from? Because he says... Paraguay. <laughs> oh yeah, from Paraguay. Oh. Like that's how he talks in this movie. I don't know. Let's just go with Paraguay. Let's just go. Let's just go with pa- he's doing Let's his best para- he... Paraguay accent. <sighs> he does not look like he came from Paraguay, I'll tell you that much. He looks like he came from the craft services table. <laughs> I know a thing or two about hunting snakes. <laughs> There's a thousand ways you could die on this river. Maybe I should go. Maybe I should go. There's a thousand ways you can die in that river, you know. <laughs> and then fucking Eric Stoltz chooses a wasp. <laughs> if you had to choose ways to go. Oh and you've God. just been alpha dogging for the last two days. <laughs> they Is have that not been the alpha worst? dogging. <laughs> oh, man. And it's like he doesn't drown or anything. He gets a wasp in his mask. How does that even happen? <laughs> I love it. Underwater. Cut an upper propeller. This is how you assume he's going to die, right? That propeller is going to come on. Or you're going to see John Voight go, hey, maybe I, oh, I slip. And then like, the <laughs> propeller goes, Eric Stoltz loses an arm, bleeds out, anaconda eats the arm. And uh, and then now John Voight's got control of the boat. No, it's a wasp. An underwater wasp. I hate those wasps. Are they real? No, you're I don't familiar know. with them? I was just making a joke. You have you have history with these wasps? <laughs> Yeah, um, I pretend. You're totally glazing over the best part about the wasp bite. What am I? The tracheotomy. I'm getting to that. I was just, I was going to say, I feel like I am a tracheotomy expert. Like I, for the last 20 years of my life, I've felt as though in, if the situation arose. I bet you though. I could do a a paper pen I could do a pen tracheotomy. I, so I am saying this, though, that so many people felt confident that tracheotomy was the right move in so many cases. I bet in restaurants, like, there was a rise Ooh. of choking tracheotomies. Like, here, I know what to do. And it's just like, no, he's just choking. Heimlich maneuver is always the best first guess. There's a thousand ways you can die in a restaurant. There were a, probably, a, a, especially in the late 90s, a huge surge of unwarranted tracheotomies. I think you're right. Because because every movie had a tracheotomy. Yeah, for a while, right? I think it it's because of this movie, and then they like, they did it on an episode of ER, and then now everybody's got to do it. They all use a pen too, right? Oh man, they're totally fine with them doing it. They're not even scared. No, and happens. this is this strange random man who's like, quick, the uh, tracheotomy, and they're like, oh, and he's yeah. like, they're saved his life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saved his life. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna sleep for days now. I don't understand what the tracheotomy did because they pull the wasp out of his mouth and he goes, wasp, very poisonous. Uh, yeah, so that's all he the, says. So the tracheotomy doesn't stop the poison from going through his system. Uh, well, I, if that if that wasp was not poisonous and it stung him, his neck would swell up. So, I, so I, tracheotomy work. 
I'm assuming that they're bypassing anaphylactic shock and that his throat has closed up. But if you don't have access to medicine that can counter the anaphylactic shock, does that not go spread to your like lungs and heart and stuff? I would think like, so. That's how you... I don't think he's specifically allergic, but I think anybody getting stung by a wasp inside their throat. Especially like a poisonous Amazon wasp. Yeah. Yeah. And also too, so let's just talk about, so once the tracheotomy is done, they've punctured his windpipe and his esophagus, right? Oh, so, they've taped it up though. So he, but he cannot regain his speech and nor will he be eating out of his yeah. mouth hole. That's okay, because we're just further. not going to show him the rest of the movie. So, problem <laughs> Except solved. Except for sometimes when the boat gets rattled. Oh, man, why do they cut to him for reaction shots? Because <laughs> it's the best. It's just uh, an asleep Eric Stoltz, like, frowning. Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> like just rustling in his bed. <laughs> oh, man, he's got to recover. Oh, boy. Occasionally, Jennifer Lopez will, like, sit by his bed, like, oh, you know, everything's going to be okay. We're a little scared right now. We don't know what's going on, but it's going to be great. We shot off some dynamite. Lots of footage. Great <laughs> stuff. Boat's been commandeered by an evil guy hellbent on catching a giant snake. No idea uh, for any of these people. And we lost the fuel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Immediately. Four cans of fuel gone. Yeah. And then they also keep, like, ignoring these giant warningy totems. Um, and also a barrier that was created out of like sticks and twigs and um, there's just a big wall kind of like a dam blocking out a certain path in the river and they're like we're gonna blow it up with dynamite surely this is not keeping anything out but then when they blow up this giant wall it's filled with snakes yes yeah, snakes <laughs> it's a snake everywhere <laughs> The wall was built by snakes. It was a wall of snakes. It yeah. was not logs. It was snakes. And you've blown them up with dynamite, so now they're mad snakes. Yeah, this guy's like a reverse Indiana Jones. He's got no problem with snakes, and he just laughs at them. Like, oh, ha, 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 oh, little snake. Oh, whatever. And then he just, like, brushes it off the boat. Everybody else is dying inside because they're covered in snakes. Ugh. It's around this time. That he's decided he's commandeering the ship. It's his now. It's basically his Captain's now. been wasped. Yep. <laughs> that's that's how you do it. And um, he definitely has some sort of history with Mateo, the driver of the boat? Pilot? Did you say captain? No, because he doesn't he's make not the any boss. orders. Yeah. He's like the hired he's wheel the holder. He's the first hand. He's a mate. We're going mate. First I think mate. he's the captain. He is the Sherpa of the water. Okay. <laughs> navigator. He's the navigator. Why do they need to have the backstory between them? Like, between them I don't know. and Danny Trejo from the, the cold open at the beginning, it's, right? Especially, too, because they go to investigate this other boat that's been shipwrecked. Can you be shipwrecked in a river? We're going to say shipwrecked. It's been shipwrecked. They're going to see if maybe there's fuel there. And Mateo gets left behind, obviously gets eaten by the anaconda. It's wonderful. Obs. Um, but oh, man, it's so good. <laughs> John Voight doesn't care. No. Like, he just gives zero fucks. And then he hides. There's a newspaper there of him with Mateo and Danny Trejo. Yeah. I love how we're using half character names, half actor names. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we don't know Mateo's name. Um, And he's like, oh, and he hides it to because he doesn't want them to know that they're all 
in cahoots. But it doesn't matter. But then everybody's dead immediately after that, so it doesn't yeah, matter at all. it really doesn't matter what. Because he's doing a one-man show this whole time, basically. Yeah, the only way that that would be an issue is if we then later found out that they were targeted by these guys. Maybe they were. Like, I assume... I assume John Voight knew what boat he was getting on, or at least yeah. knew that they were headed maybe in that direction. The point is, he got on their boat because he didn't want to use his own boat, I guess, or he didn't have his own boat. And Measuring I, it, he's like, yep, Anaconda could fit on this. <laughs> yeah, Anaconda could fit on this, and lots of food on that boat for the Anaconda. I think that's what he's really concerned about, is having enough... Uh, bait? N- enough bait. Yeah, for that Anaconda. Cushy American filmmakers, good bait. Oh, yeah, you need that good, <laughs> high-fat content. <laughs> What's your favorite Anaconda kill in this movie? Um, I like the the waterfall snatch is pretty good. Oh, yeah. That's the British guy, right? That's the British guy, He yeah. ends up, like, climbing up into a waterfall trying to get away. Um, and he jumps out of that waterfall. Because he's got no choice. And the anaconda has found him inside that waterfall. And it snatches him out of the air, which it's, is pretty wonderful. I love it. Yeah, the C, the CGI is... What year is this movie? 1997. The CGI is a little 1997. Yeah. Um, But... I think it just makes for a funner watch now, watching... Because CGI, early CGI just fucking went for it. Like, <laughs> really just went for it. Like, do we do we have enough um, clarity and definition to be able to put these with live-action people? We sure do. Fuck yeah, we do. And we're going to make them the main title monster. And are we going to... Are we going to Jaws it? Are we going to hide it? No, <laughs> we're going to have it snatching people out of the air. <laughs> I thought the anaconda looked fine. <laughs> Even now, <laughs> I think it looks fine. Oh, all right. It looks like a computer, but that's fine. Period. End of argument. <laughs> looks fine. I thought, uh, yeah, I, I think my favorite kill, uh, maybe like a two-parter. Uh, I'm going to cheat. My favorite kill is Mateo. I think the snake looks great in that scene is, is, is kind of what it comes down to. Like it lunges at Mateo and he's able to dodge it a little bit. And it's like, whoa, good move, Mateo. I wouldn't have gotten that dodge. And uh, but then it still just like coils him up and just breaks his goddamn neck. It's also very fast, too. Yeah, like for how huge it is. And because that's our first big um, snake sequence mm-hmm. with the people we're following here. And for Mateo to be anaconda so quickly and so <laughs> abruptly was was nice because you expect them to really relish it for how much they show the snake. Yeah. Um, they're very quick with the kills, which I, I guess must be must be factual. Like maybe anacondas do kill really quickly. Yeah, because I and think they, they just to... they just squeeze you until your your ribs puncture your lungs, till you stop breathing, and then they're like, "Yum." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you gotta tenderize that meat. Um, and I always, I always assume, I always confuse the Owen Wilson and Mateo death because my, my favorite bit added to that is, is when you see the snake swimming away and just an imprint of, of Owen Wilson on the snake as it's swimming in the water. Oh, I love it. The person shape in there was pretty funny. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it so much. It's so good. But we've gotten down to like our core group. There's barely anybody left for some reason. John Voight has not decided to use Eric Stoltz as bait. Guy's completely unconscious, just yeah. like a newborn he baby lamb. He just leaves him in the bedroom. 
bathroom the whole time. Oh, you can't kick him out while he's down. You know, like, I, I, I guess he's got some but sort it, of honor or he code. He kicked the, the sound girl off the boat. Whoa, okay. Can we back <laughs> up for a second? Because he's tied. He's got his hands tied behind his back on, like, a post or something. He's sitting. On the ground. And because she is, is distraught over Owen Wilson's death, she's like, I gotta kill this motherfucker. She's the only one that gets it, by the way. They do not they do not need to tie this guy up and keep him around. I know. They just they just need to wait till the snake's there and push him in the water or or get rid of him and by other means. Uh but This which- is movie one oh one. If you're getting tied up, and this happens again in the movie, because uh John Voigt ties up uh Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube. Yep. You do not tie people up. Anybody you tie up in film will get out. Unless you're the strangers, then you won't. Ooh. <laughs> That's the, is the, can you think of another film where people are tied up and they do not get out? Um, no. Exactly. That's basically it. Maybe, maybe Zodiac. True crime documentaries <laughs> do not count. Or true crime films do not count. Okay, fine. Uh, well, then obviously Anaconda doesn't count. This is a documentary. Um... <laughs> But John Voight defies all physics, I think, <laughs> and just somehow leaps in the air with, it's like, okay, so. From it, butt to yeah, feet with hands he, still tied behind the post. This doesn't even make sense if he wasn't tied up, if he was just standing on the ground. There's no way John Voight's able to do that. He snatches that woman's neck in his thighs and just like anacondas her and kicks her off the boat. I don't, oh man, it's, it looks great though. Oh fuck, it looks fun. That's what I'm saying. John Voight is a snake in this movie. I was just thinking that. <laughs> oh my Secret God. Secret snake. Yeah, that's why he needs to kill the anaconda because it no, he knows it's going to evolve to so have it, arms and legs. He's having an alpha with Eric Stoltz, but and his real <laughs> alpha is with the anaconda. Like only one of us can be the king of the river. <laughs> would love to hear John Voight's process in his character. Like I if <laughs> if he created a backstory for his character, I want I want that book. <laughs> I want him to write that book. I want to know everything about his character's backstory cuz he sounds like he's had some adventures. I don't know. I feel like this was a I don't want to say like a paycheck, but I don't think a whole lot went into the development of the character. <laughs> you don't think so? Oh, no. You don't think he thinks about every character? Mm, not this one. Not this one? All right. This is a popcorn movie. Sorry, John. Hmm. <laughs> the tables have turned once again, though. John Voight is out, uh, and he is ready to capture that snake. He's going to, like Kim said, he's got Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube chained up. In an empty warehouse. Because it's a good idea. It's like the snake's house, right? It is like the snake's house. The snake has decided to uh, lay some eggs in a um, old research facility. I have no idea what with it is. With a silo. It kind of looks like <laughs> the set of Deep Blue Sea. It is a super cool set, though. It's got a whole bunch of Amazon-y things happening. You know, there's some leaves and vines. and Gigantic smokestack. I thought it was a silo. Oh, no. Silos are those things you see at barns. Yeah. Those big, wide, huge, fat things, not those the skinny. The tall things. Super tall, but like 30 feet wide. You can have different sized silos, John. They're not all grain silos. Some of them are corn silos. Who's got like a smokestack silo? Oh, by the way, corn would also be in the, the same silo. <laughs> They're like the same size. Silo, smokestack. The jury's still out. <laughs> 
but yeah, he's covered them in blood and guts and stuff. From monkeys? Is that what he said? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, because the snake hasn't been attracted to just their, their raw sweat anyway. It was probably going to come for them regardless. I guess he was just trying to speed up the process. Yeah. And he does. Chum in the water. He does manage to catch that snake. He catches that snake. With, so the the snake constricts Ice Cube and Jennifer Lopez and then gets constricted in a net. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a lot of constriction happening here. Yeah. Um. So he seems very concerned about, because they want to kill a snake and he's like, it's no good to make that. Is he just going to sell it as a living thing? He doesn't take me as the kind of guy who I'm sells a I'm pretty sure he's going to taxidermy it and it's going to be like so his Christmas cares? decoration around his, his eavesdrop. <laughs> oh man, that would go around the whole house. Yeah. <laughs> Purely a pride thing, I think. So then it really, he, he just wants to be the person to kill it. Yeah. That's probably all it is. But he says it's worth nothing to me dead. Because hmm. he needs to do it. Snake poachers, those are some. I'm sure a snake fang fetches a good amount of money, but. Probably. They only have. I guess his concern is he doesn't want them to shoot it in the face. <laughs> Somehow, I don't really remember how Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube get out, though, and uh, and John Voight gets swallowed up by that anaconda. Because he's a jerk. He's a huge jerk. And the snake knows it. Now, quick question, Kim. Is this the other POV shot you wanted to talk yeah. about? Yeah! <laughs> the inside, the anaconda we cam? We watched the snake eat John Voight from the inside. Oh, it's great. It's like a conveyor belt to the afterlife. It's, it's like so a colonoscopy is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> a colonoscopy looking out. <laughs> it looks pretty gross. Oh, man. <laughs> Snakes on the inside are really just giant intestines. Intestines with teeth at the end. I honestly have no idea how they work. I got to assume that's what it is, right? Like... It's basically just one giant long intestine. Like those people that have like all of their stomach removed and they have to eat constantly all day. Yeah, but in a snake though, if you're all stomach intestine, where is your heart and lungs and stuff? The top. And are snakes the same as worms? Because I know that if you cut a worm in half, I don't think snakes are the same as worms. It'll still. I just mean the same. Like. You mean do you get two snakes? <laughs> Could I have two snakes? <laughs> <laughs> oh man no i don't think you can do that i think it's because worms don't have eyes also i'm kind of sad that snakes come from eggs right because i'd really like to see a pregnant snake i think that would be wonderful could you imagine a snake with a belly <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that just make your day <laughs> i think it would just look like a snake that was full on food oh. <laughs> like it, it would look like owen wilson but featureless <laughs> Oh, man. How many babies do you think are in each of those eggs? Do you think it's just one? Or do you think it's like 30? You can't have... It's not spider eggs. <laughs> I don't know how this shit works. You can only have one egg per baby. Or one baby per egg. You sure? Yeah. I don't know the rules here. Unless, I guess, you have those weird, like... We know nothing about snakes. Where it makes twins. <laughs> like a human egg. Where yeah. you're like, oh, God! <laughs> There's two yolks in here. <laughs> <laughs> like humans. Yeah, like humans. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about that snake pov cam though like it doesn't get any better than that i'm so glad that they waited to the end for it um and of course just like you knew it was gonna happen it's coming after jennifer lopez but it's getting slowed down by that john voight weight so it regurgitates him and he's all gross he's all like slimy and stuff <laughs> and then he winks at and her. he winks at her yeah now that's my favorite part of the movie so apart from the uh 
the swallow scene. So, what's your opinion on that wink? You think that wink is uh, just a like a muscle contraction? Like, you think he's dead? I think that's a meta movie nod. I think it's like... Okay. Because he tries to not... He doesn't try to rape her, but he definitely... He definitely is creepy about her, and she tries to use that to his advantage to, like, whack him over the head with a frying pan. Yeah. Um, which doesn't work out. He's he's He knows her game. He's like, it's been a long time since I've had a woman. You're and like, then he oh, kisses surprise. her again after, <laughs> yeah, like, the yeah. jig is up. Uh, <laughs> what a prick. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's just a nod. Like, I'm a dink. <laughs> yeah. I kept wanting to just hear him, like, in an outtake or something say, like... <laughs> I, I would love it, though, if, if this man survived that snake attack and then retired to Washington, D.C., where his son stole the Declaration of Independence. That'd He's the great. bad guy in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, he changed his evil ways. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Do those babies hatch at the end? No, because they burn the, the thing right. down. Because remember, Jennifer Lopez has to get out of the top of the silo. And she's climbing yeah. up the oh, silo. Oh, so good. And she's, so great. She and the snake is the like barreling the up silo. that smokestack. Silo. <laughs> yeah, and they blow it up and the snake gets out. and Well, not gets out, but like the snake barely makes it out, dies in there. Uh, she gets out. She jumps. She should die. Like, there's no way she's surviving that jump whatsoever. But I'm fine with it. And everything's cool. Eric Stoltz is awake. They, you know, the alarm clock went off and he got up. He's he's able to smile <laughs> And he talks. Again. And then these people who worship snakes that they've been looking for, the people of the mist, show up. They should want nothing to do with these people if they worship these snakes like gods. Maybe they feared them like gods. Maybe. There's a fine line between the two, Joe. You have set us free from the tyranny of this evil god. <laughs> Who kept us in the mist. <laughs> <laughs> we want the ability to enjoy happy hour and NBC primetime television. <laughs> I don't understand that fucking ending. It's, uh, I like this movie a lot, though. This movie's great. They really... This movie went hard, though, because they really gave up that documentary pretense pretty early on. Like, they stopped filming from the first shipwreck visit. As soon as um, Mateo was down and missing, there was no more, oh, we're going to try to get some footage. Cause you should have just... shot everything, yeah. Well, and I guess Eric Stoltz is like, I'm done in the back room. And they're like, ha we don't have to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to get to ratings. Are you ready to get to ratings? I'm ready to get to ratings, okay. yeah. So, um... I'm going to go first. Sure. This movie wasn't as fun as it could have been. (laughs) Despite the fact that it has a gigantic snake uh, constricting a bunch of people, it was way too serious. It was so serious. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big movie. It was huge. The buy. I don't know how much it made, um, but I, re- I remember this movie being... It did make a lot of money. The talk of the town when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I want it to be way funner. The premise isn't crazy, though. It's just some of their performances are a little wild. <laughs> Whatever. What's your rating? Uh, One and a half out of four. One and a half out of four. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Really didn't like it, huh? No. Oh, man. I love this movie. <laughs> like, I, lo- I, like, I really like this movie. Um, Like, this is my, like, Placid. And that's, I think that's... It, uh, can I give it a 2.75? Sure. Okay, because three's really high for Anaconda. <laughs> but I, I gave like Placid a two 
I think we put a little bit of time in recording <laughs> the front half and the back half of this episode, so I don't really remember. Um, but I, I do like this movie a lot more than, than Lake Placid. And maybe the problem for I me like Lake Placid is that Lake Placid is, is not, fun. It's too much fun. So much fun. No, it's it shouldn't be so, so much fun. Silly. It has no seriousness to it. What like, are you talking you about? A take... guy gets cut in half. <laughs> and you laugh. There's no It's tragedy. a nervous response, John. Okay, well, where where I think that Lake Placid is maybe a little too goofy, uh, I find Anaconda to be just like oh, so, so good. historically accurate, so good. You know, the Battle of the Alphas. <laughs> I want to be the only person laughing at the screen is what it comes down to. You know what I mean? Like when you're watching Anaconda, you're not supposed to laugh, but you do. You're just like, that's what makes this so great. Whereas with Lake Placid, the jokes are there and there may, there may be landing, but it's it's. it's I don't too even know silly. what you're arguing. Here. I don't know what I'm arguing either. You got me off on a weird tangent. I just like Anaconda. I like the <laughs> I like the look of the snake. I love the kills. Uh, I think it's great. Cool. Uh, <laughs> well, that's that then. Yeah. Um, tweeted us and let us know what you thought of Anaconda and Lake Placid and what you are watching uh, this summer, creature feature wise. We have a bunch of monster movies in the theater now and coming out. Crawl is out now. Um, 47, 47 meters, meters down. down is coming Uncaged. out. Uncaged. Or chained. Um, <laughs> and plus, everybody's watching Jaws. Everybody always watches Jaws. Let yeah. us know which Jaws's you watched this summer. Let us know how many times you watched your Jaws's. Yeah. Did you watch number one three times? Number two two times? Number three one time? Skip number four. <laughs> uh, you can tweet at us at NOFS Podcast. You can find us on Facebook in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash horror fiends of nofs we also have a subreddit that we don't plug too often uh it's reddit.com slash r slash nightmare on film street we're gonna stick around for a few more minutes and play a game kim's put together called monsters or madmen or both or both i found out <laughs> um. uh you can get that game over on Patreon at patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film Street. You can also unlock a ton of other bonus stuff, including full-length reviews of some of the big movies that came out this summer, um, like Midsummer, Annabelle Comes Home, Child's Play. We did reviews of all of those. and we'll, Scary stories to tell in the dark. And we'll have It Chapter 2 coming up early September. So if you want to support this show, we are a listener and fiend-supported podcast. Uh, you can pledge a donation over at patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film Street. And of course, telling a friend is the easiest way to support the show. And it's free! And it's 100% free. It really helps us get the show in front of more fiends and grow the horde. Until next time, I'm John. Um, Kim, stay, stay creepy. creepy. It appears you made it out alive just long enough to tell the tale of the nightmare on Film Street. Now, Help us grow the horde. Leave a review on iTunes or wherever you subscribe. Continue this week's conversation on Twitter by following at N-O-F-S podcast. And as always, more terror can be found lurking on our website, www.nightmareonfilmstreetpodcast.com. Until next week, stay creepy, fiends. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.